Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to the second of these two classes for the month of August 2023 for the Thames Valley Churches of Christ. Two short epistles, Philemon last time and Jude this time. Just a few verses right before Revelation, 25 verses, but so much packed in there. We've got Douglas Jacobi's class to watch, but what I'd advise you to do beforehand is read through it. You'll get a lot more from it if you have a chance to do that. And by the way, why not sign up for Doug's newsletter at his website, douglasjacobi.com. I get it every week and I find it very, very useful. Now on to today's class. In this video sermon, we'll be examining the little letter of Jude. Jude is written by one of Jesus's brothers. I've entitled it Blown, Uprooted, and Wandering. Those colorful words come straight from the letter of Jude. We'll get there in just a few moments. It's not very long. It's only 25 verses. It joins 2nd and 3rd John. It joins Philemon and Obadiah as the little books of the Bible. But little doesn't mean not valuable. So for example, here I'm holding in my hand a $200 million banknote. $200 million. It's from Zimbabwe. And now I'm holding in my other hand a coin, very small. It's Alexander the Great. It's a silver coin. This is fairly modern. This coin goes back several centuries before Christ. Which is more valuable? You probably know. This is actually worthless, absolutely worthless because of inflation. And this is worth hundreds of dollars. So small does not mean not important any more than small people are less important than big people. Well, who is Jude? Jesus has four brothers. We see their names in Matthew 13. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 5, suggests that Jesus' brothers traveled as missionaries with the right to bring with them their wives. So probably Jude is married. He's a missionary. There's even an historical reference later uh, that at the end of the first century, his sons, or maybe his grandsons, appeared before the Roman emperor Domitian. Maybe that's true. But this is a humble man. Even though he's related to Jesus, he doesn't use that family connection uh, to get people to do what he wants. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. So the letter begins. He simply refers to himself as a brother of James. James who wrote the letter of James in the New Testament. Now, we're, we really should look at the entire letter. Most people don't. Now, in a sermon, and especially in a short sermon, we can't do that. But most preachers only look at verses 3 and 4. They talk about the, the faith once for all delivered and, and the license for immorality. And then they jump to the very end, the word of glory, uh, what's called a doxology. Um, and they ignore what's in between. That's not right. The whole thing is powerful, especially those illustrations in the middle. Moffat, one Bible commentator, describes Jude as a fiery cross to rouse the churches. Rouse them, wake them up. We should never ignore the smaller books of the Bible, nor should we ignore any part of those books. Now, Jude's letter is actually not so much like a letter as like a sermon. There's a clear problem, which we'll state in a moment. He gives multiple illustrations to make sure people can understand. And then the practicals. The practicals come at the end. 
just the way they do in many sermons. When I preach, normally I put most of the practicals at the end. So why is this letter written? Well, let's read verses three and four. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. So Jude wanted to do a different letter, but there's a danger here that certain people have slipped in to the church. They've come inside. They're not a threat outside. They're a threat actually inside. And when there's a threat, we need to take action. I live in the United States. The United States is famous for its tornadoes, that terrible weather, you know, with winds going hundreds of kilometers an hour. Uh, there have been a number of tornadoes where we live in the Atlanta area. When a tornado is coming, we go to the lowest level and we go to the inner, inmost part of the house. Actually, it's a cupboard where I keep all my books down, down here on my office level. When there's a danger, we take action. And Jude wants his readers or his listeners to take action. He's not going to give them uh, 10 reasons why these guys are wrong. What he's going to say is, look at their lives. It's like Matthew 7, 20. By their fruit, you'll know them. And notice that Jude has written to the holy people of God, God's holy people, because the opponents are not holy. What they're saying is that they have good news, that we probably think it's good news, that gospel freedom is moral freedom. You don't have to, you're not saved by, by doing what's right. You don't have to live a righteous life. Just, just let the Spirit lead you. They claim to be Spirit-led, and we'll see that later on as well. And Jude says, don't listen to them. The faith has already been delivered. There's nothing new to come. Verse 3, Jude's not saying there are no more New Testament books to be written. He's saying the gospel truth has been received and it's not going to be revised. Well, in the next paragraph, Jude gives examples from the Old Testament. The angels uh, who mated with humans and they gave rise to the giants. Uh, you've got the Sodomites, the Canaanites, examples of people who, who cross the line of, of immorality, who follow their own impulses. It's so much like 2 Peter 2. In fact, 2 Peter 2 has some of the same illustrations. But these people gave themselves up to just following the flesh, following their feelings, whereas the gospel has moral obligations. Uh, then he gives another example in the next paragraph. And then let me read verse 11. Woe to them. They've taken the way of Cain. They've rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They've been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Well, in Genesis 4, Cain wandered. Remember, he went to the land of Nod. And his wandering was not just physical, but spiritual, because he, he didn't accept God's correction very well. We've got Balaam, who whose teaching influenced the Israelites to sexual immorality. And this is in the book of Numbers, 22 to 25. And then Korah, Numbers 16, Korah and his friends challenged the authority of Moses, and they wanted to have an easier 
uh, rule for Israel. Korah said, all of God's people are holy, not just you guys. Everyone's okay already. See, they're saying we're okay as we are. It'd be like today saying, we're saved by faith alone. We don't need to obey. Well, this is the kind of teaching. And Judah's saying, don't listen to them. The message, the gospel's already been received. There's not going to be something new here. These people are blemishes at your love feasts, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. That is, they're taking the Lord's Supper. At this time, it's still a meal, a, a real, full meal. And they're feeding themselves, but it's not just they're feeding themselves that food, they're feeding themselves spiritually. These are bad shepherds, Ezekiel 34. Not outside the church, but inside the church. And so the danger is very strong. Next, Jude gives illustrations from nature. Uh, notice what they have in common. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind. Autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. Wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackness, darkness has been reserved forever. We see motion. So, you know, the clouds are blown across the sky by the wind, but there's no rain. There are proverbs about that. The autumn trees have been uprooted. So the winds have blown the trees over. There's no fruit anyway. They've fallen, twice dead. Wild waves of the sea. Now there's that vertical motion. So we have kind of a horizontal. We have kind of a diagonal. <laughs> We've got a vertical motion. And then there are wandering stars for whom blackness, darkness has been reserved forever. So there's a lot of motion, but look at their lives. Don't be deceived by the motion. They're not following Christ. And with all these illustrations, what Jude is doing, he's making what is abstract concrete. He's taking concepts and filling them out, fleshing them out, putting color in them so people can understand. That's what a good teacher does. In the next section, he talks about Enoch. We won't be able to explain this right now, but we see that these men are ungodly. They follow their desires, they boast, and they flatter others. Their lives are just messed up. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold you. They said to you in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. So he's reminding them in verse 17, similar to verse 5, remember, um, he, he, he warns them that this has already been predicted. This is just like 2 Peter 2, verses 1 to 3. These people make fun. They mock spiritual authority. They think they're the standard. They divide people because they're so ungodly, and they're following the flesh, the natural instincts, not the spirit. So they're wandering around. They think they're charis you know, charismatic. Uh, they've got God's spirit, but they don't. Uh, Jude says, don't listen to them. So what should we do? As in a sermon, so in this letter, the practical points come at the end. You, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. He says, build yourselves up, not yourself, yourselves. Uh, in the Greek, it's plural, not singular. Sadly, English doesn't have that distinction anymore. But the Chinese do, the Spaniards, the Germans, even Greek and Hebrew. Build yourselves up. We, we need each other for this. Pray 
And when we pray in the spirit, great things happen. I had great prayer time yesterday. I ended up meeting people, connecting with non-Christians in a way that doesn't happen when I don't really push myself. God will act. And then he gives advice on how to respond to, well, these people themselves. Be merciful to those who doubt. Maybe it means dispute, not doubt. But either way, it's people who are affected by this wrong teaching. Save others, snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with uh, fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So we need to take this threat very seriously. It's a sermon and a letter. There's wisdom here for teachers using examples from biblical history, from history, from nature, illustrating uh, the importance of knowing uh, what damaged God's people in the old times, the Old Testament. Uh, even for teachers, Jude uses so many illustrations. That's great because when you drive in a nail, sometimes you've got to hit it more than once. If you want the nail to go in, you've got to keep hitting it. And that's what he does. And then the final passage, the what's called the doxology, the word of glory, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. What an incredible letter. So colorful, so rich, so much to learn. But there's a warning. He says, you could fall, but you need to not fall. And Jesus will prevent us from stumbling that's when you're starting to fall. It'll prevent you from actually falling, which in the Bible normally means falling away. He'll prevent that, but the glory goes to Christ. In contrast, these false teachers are dangerous influences. Their idea is that gospel freedom is moral freedom, and that's false. We don't have moral freedom. We need to live righteously and do what Jesus said. Second uh, Peter ends in exactly the same way. Go back to the end of Second Peter. And when we give glory to Christ, we fortify ourselves and we protect ourselves against the false teachers. These teachers who've been blown and uprooted and are wandering, bad influence. Christ is the Lord. His is the authority of the majesty. Well, that's the message, blown, uprooted, wandering. I hope you get an idea of what's going on and understand why Jude was so urgent and why even today we need to be urgent. The final word, of course, um, of this message is amen. And Jude puts it there. Amen means these are not just words. We don't just, yes, I agree. Uh, it's serious. We need to take some action. What a powerful book. A book perhaps we don't read often enough. When's the last time you read it? When's the last time you heard someone teach from it? Well worth discussing in our groups. Well, here are a few questions. You could uh, ask as many as you like about this uh, this epistle, but what do you think about how it spoke to you? What did it say that was perhaps relevant to your family group, your location? How do we build each other up? That's the instruction here, building yourselves up. How do we help each other to grow in Christ, in our faith, and praying together? Uh, do we pray together as much as we could? And then keeping ourselves in God's love. How do we help each other with that? And finally, perhaps a particularly intriguing question is, what does it mean to snatch people from the fire? Save others by snatching them from the fire. What does that mean 
in your context. I wonder what you think. You can always email me, email me if you've got any questions. I'd love to hear from you. And by the way, if you want to get deeper into the God's Word, why not join us in AIM UK and Ireland? AIMUKandIreland.com. You'll find the details of our modules. The next one is homiletics, which is basically about how to speak well from the Bible and accurately. All of us need to learn that better, including myself. So let me know if you'd be interested in joining that. And I hope you found these two mini classes helpful. The next series is going to be by Andy Bawachi. So look forward to that for the month of September. Till then, take care and God bless.